Welcome everyone to another episode of Rio Bravo Q Week and um, I'm excited today because I have three guests besides me in the, in the show. Well, I call it a show, but it's not actually a show. It's an educational program for you guys. So uh, I have here Sabna, Danish and Valerie. So they're going to introduce themselves. Hi guys, it's me, Sabna. Uh, my name is Danish. And hello everyone, it's me, Dr. Civelli with a C. Yeah, so Dr. Civelli is on, on the line, but uh, I really wanted her to participate because she is um, she's a very good provider for people with obesity or with patients with obesity. So I wanted her to be involved. And thank you, Sapna, and thank you, Danish, for preparing this um, episode for us. This is Rio Bravo Q Week, your weekly dose of knowledge brought to you by the Rio Bravo Family Medicine Residency Program from Bakersfield, California. Our program is affiliated with UCLA and it's sponsored by Clinica Sierra Vista. Let us be your healthcare home. This podcast was created for educational purposes only. Please visit your primary care physician for additional medical advice. Thank you, and welcome for uh, uh, welcome back to our nutrition series. Today, we wanted to give out a shout out to one of our listeners actually um, she brought up a good topic that we recently gained a lot of public interest uh, intermittent fasting so if you're listening Hina Saad this one's for you let's jump in that's right so did you did you guys know that two-thirds of women are overweight and obese mm. and that typically on average 1.5 pounds is gained per year in those aged 50 to 60 I had no idea. Did you, Dan? No. Well, oh. 1.5 pounds doesn't sound like a lot, but I guess that adds up adds. over yeah. the years, right? It does. Yeah. So, like we said earlier, intermittent fasting has gained much public interest as it's been um, used for weight loss approach. Or should I say that it's been revitalized itself? because um, it's been here for a few years. It's described as an eating pattern in which you alternate between periods of fasting and eating, and pretty much the length of each fast can vary in duration. Yeah, there are feasting periods and fasting periods. So that's the, the beauty of fasting. So you, are not, you don't have to starve yourself like for long periods of time. So you have time to eat and time to not eat. So those are called also fed states and fasting states. So what is more effective is, um, well, I'm gonna ask you this question for you guys. So what do you think is more effective? Intermittent restriction of calories or continuous restriction of calories? It's a good question. So before we dive in, let's go back because uh, we talked about calorie reduction in the past and how it's been consistently found to produce reduction in body weight and improve overall health. Uh, we talked about how to calculate our basal metabolic rate and subtracting calories from a daily caloric intake to result in weight loss. However, this can be difficult to sustain over a long period because not only that you have to take out calories, but you have to adjust these calories as you lose weight and further reduce your caloric intakes, which could be often difficult um, for people who go in long term. So how is intermittent fasting different from this? So in contrast to caloric uh, reduction, intermittent fasting focuses more on 
when calories are consumed and the total quantity that is consumed. So intermittent fasting works through an altered liver metabolism, which is referred to metabolic switch. It's where your body periodically switches from uh, your liver-derived glucose to adipose-derived ketones. In doing so, it stimulates an adaptive response, including improved glucose regulation, improved insulin sensitivity, and increased stress resistance via conditioning. That's right. So when you eat is more important than what you eat. The benefits of this regimen of intermittent fasting include reducing cancer risk, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's risk, diabetes. You also get better sleep and evidence has shown us you are less hangry. Yeah, you're less hangry because you learn to interpret your body signals or your body cues about hunger and satiety. You're right. Mm. Um, yeah, so what happens when we fast? So... Let's talk about some of the physiology behind that fasting. There is uh, initially you have the feeding state. This is when you have food and your blood sugars uh, rise as we absorb the food and insulin levels in response to this rise as well to move glucose into the cell. Now excess glucose is stored as glycogen in the liver and then later converted into fat. All right. So for the second phase, that is called post-absorptive phase. This is between 6 to 24 hours after beginning fasting. So during this time period, your blood glucose and your insulin start to drop. To supply energy, the liver starts to break down glycogen, releasing glucose, and then glycogen is stored, which lasts between 24 to 36 hours. Right, and during this time, the insulin levels are low, and fat stores are available, and this improves your mental clarity as a great side effect. Then the next period is gluconeogenesis. This occurs about 24 hours to 48 hours after beginning your fast. This is when your glycogen stores run out. The liver starts to manufacture new glucose from amino acids, which is basically called gluconeogenesis, literally making new glucose. And then the fourth phase is ketosis. So I'm not going to really go too much into that because we did mention that in our last podcast, but that's pretty much between two to three days after beginning fasting. So, and there is a concept that is important to, to mention at this point is, I mean, I think I, we practiced this pronunciation before, but I couldn't do it, Auto, uh, autophagy or uh, autophagia, I would say it. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. auto means self, so yourself, and phagia or phagy means to eat. So, literally, it means to eat yourself or self-eating. <laughs> so your body basically starts digesting itself all that excess or that all those stores that are there they start to move into the metabolism to be used as energy okay and now the fifth and last uh phase that we're going to talk about is the protein conservation phase so this is like five days after you begin fasting you're going to have high levels of growth hormone which maintain your muscle mass and your lean tissues the energy for basic metabolism is mostly supplied by your fatty acids and ketones. Blood glucose levels are going to be maintained by gluconeogenesis using glycerol. Increased adrenaline levels are going to prevent any decrease in your metabolic rate. And this is, you're going to have a normal amount of protein turnover, but it's not going to be used for energy. So guys, how long should we fast for? So... Fasting can range from 12 hours to uh, three months or more. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> we can categorize them as short or long 
fast. <laughs> now, short fast can be as less than 24 hours, and long fast can be more than 24 hours. However, people often tend to go towards the shorter regimens because they're generally more interested in the weight loss portion. The short daily fasting regimens can be divided into length of fastings, which include a 12-hour fast, 16-hour fast, and 20-hour fasts. All right, so let's go ahead and start with the 12-hour fast. So the daily 12-hour fasting introduces a period of a low insulin levels during the day with um, three equally spaced meals throughout the day. This prevents the development of insulin resistance, making 12-hour fast effective against obesity. Although a great preventative strategy, it's not the most effective at reversing weight gain. And a fun fact, in years past, the 12-hour fasting periods was considered a normal eating pattern. This just explains why prior to the 1970s, there wasn't much obesity. It wasn't until the 1970s that the USDA made dietary changes to making a higher carb and lower fat a diet staple. That's when obesity started to rise. So you meant that the USDA is the culprit? In the <laughs> I'm not saying it. It's, 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 a tr it's facts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, used to, that, that's the way we used to eat in the 70s. Not me, because I was not alive. <laughs> but <laughs> people who lived in the 70s, they used to eat three meals a day. But then we started um, recommending people to eat throughout the day. So the average American, they only have a few hours of um, when they are not eating and mostly when they're when they're sleeping. So mm -hmm. but from the moment, the moments you wake up, people start eating, 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 eating until they go to bed. So that can be one of the reasons why we have so much obesity. Definitely. So let's go ahead and dive into the 16-hour fast. So during the 16-hour fast, most people skip the morning meal to account for the extra hours. In this regimen, you'll have an 8-hour eating window period. This is why it's called a time-restricted eating. Although you could still eat three meals, most people tend to eat or stick to eating two meals a day. The 16-hour fast certainly has more power than the 12-hour fast, but it could be combined with a low-carb diet to allow for um, slow and steady weight loss. So fasting periods should not be so liberal, you know. And over time, it becomes easier to control your hunger. So make sure that you still, when you're eating, you're still eating healthy. Exactly. So what that means during your feeding hours is you're going to focus on intake of healthy fats, proteins that are quality proteins, such as fish, um, avocados, or grass-fed butter, unprocessed carbohydrates for your carb choices, especially low glycemic berries, squash, quinoa, vegetables, and you're going to be mindful of your sugar intake. So low sugar, and I'm sorry to say it, low alcohol intake, <laughs> and eating healthy, basically. Darn. Uh, I got to put out the alcohol. <laughs> I know. Everyone's crying right now. <laughs> but I actually know this um, regimen is actually called Lean Gains Method. Um, it's actually made by this Swedish bodybuilder named Martin Burka. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but uh, this he made this 16-hour fast and the, the, the healthy feeding periods a staple in our bodybuilding world. Interesting. Well, you know, what else is um, just another fun fact is skipping breakfast can re also reduce your caloric intake 
by 20 to 40%. And this will specifically reduce your visceral fat, which is a great benefit to reduce your risk. I need that. I need to skip breakfast now. (laughs) 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 The secret. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So lastly, let's go ahead and dive into the 20-hour fasting regimen. This is also called the warrior diet. So ancient warrior tribes such as um, Spartans or Romans devise a... um, warrior diet in which the meals were eaten in the evening during a four-hour window. This resulted in a 20-hour fasting period each day. This diet also emphasizes natural, unprocessed foods, and high-intensity interval training. So let's make a summary, guys. So you mentioned the 12-hour regimen, the 16-hour, and the 20-hour regimen. And I want to mention this uh, doctor because he was the one who actually inspired me to read more about intermittent fasting. His name is Dr. Jason Fung, and he is a, a Canadian physician. He's a nephrologist, and I went to a conference, and he gave a beautiful explanation of intermittent fasting, and, and he also recommended the 24-hour fasting. So, and basically, in his book, and you can buy it, guys, it's called uh, Principles of Fasting and, or something similar to that. But that book explains how to fast for 24 hours. But in, in, in basic terms, it means to skip breakfast every day and skip lunch three times a week. And um, so in that way, you can be uh, fasting for 24 hours. And, you know, I learned also from Dr. Fung in other conferences that I, that I went to, the hunger, even though people think it's your enemy, it actually can become your friend mm-hmm. because it means that you are losing weight. So if you're hungry, that means you are fighting, uh, you know, your weight problem. That's a good outlook. I should. Next time I'm hungry, I'll think about making it my friend. (laughs) 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 So before we move forward, I just wanted to add a a couple. um, I just wanted to add that not all fasts are the same. For instance, I'm a Muslim and there's a month where we actually fast for religious purposes. It's called Ramadan. Uh, During this time, we fast from sunrise to sunset and dawn to dusk. In contrast to traditional fasting, This fasting differs in that we don't eat or drink anything, even water. Whereas in intermittent fasting, it's a bit different. Now, there's been studies done where they studied individuals during this time to see if there was any weight loss during this period. It was found that people typically lose about one to two pounds of weight. However, I want to clarify that this weight loss could be fat loss or muscle loss. Yeah, so another group of people who fast are Mormons or Latter-day Saints. They traditionally fast. I say they, but I'm a Mormon too. I have to admit it. They traditionally fast once a month. And the first Sunday of every month is reserved for fasting. It is a complete abstinence of food and water for 24 hours. And basically you skip two meals. And fasting periods are linked to improve your spiritual well-being as well. During that period, your senses are more awake and you are more uh, receptive of spiritual promptings. I agree. Um, me being a Hindu, we also fast. So we have like certain Hindu festivals and holy days that require us to fast. So one example is Navratri. It's a nine day or sorry, nine night celebration that happens once a year. And um, it depends like, you know, per person. Some people only drink water and then have a meal at the end of the day. And then others, they'll eat like um, nuts and fruits throughout the day. So um, the, I guess, the strictness depends on the individual belief or practices. Uh, so what can I consume when I'm fasting? 
for health for health reasons yeah for health reasons (laughs) do i have to completely stop eating and drinking or like you know for the all the hours of the day so actually you can actually have certain fluids that can be concerned consumed during this fasting periods water tea coffee iced or hot and homemade bone broth it's important that you drink water frequently throughout the days you can even enjoy just flat mineral or carbonated water (laughs) You're almost selling it. Yes, and I just want to add, you know, my background in, in, in my religion is Southern Baptist, and we don't miss any meals. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but okay. side note, you know, while fasting, I agree, like Dana said, it's okay to have coffee, you know, just plain coffee, tea and water, stay hydrated, get your caffeine in. Um, and then the fasting does create a state of alertness, that mental clarity. Mm-hmm. And speaking of staying hydrated, I know some of us love to add stuff to our water. So what can we add to our water? So some things include lime, lemon, sliced fruit. So for the sliced fruit, make sure you don't eat the fruit. Just have it in the water to flavor it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can have vinegar, Himalayan salt, chia seeds and whatnot. And usually for like chia seeds or flex seeds, um, typically, if you have a cup of water, you want to use like one tablespoon of the um, the seeds and try to avoid sweeteners and uh, sweetened powders, even if it like the label says that it's sugar free. I'd be tempted to eat that slice of fruit. I'm right? not going to lie. Well, <laughs> um, we, I mean, for those who are uh, coffee connoisseurs and uh, eat caffeine, drink caffeine all day, um, you can, good news, you can consume six cups of caffeinated or decaffeinated coffee That's a lot. on a fasting day. Black coffee is preferred, but you can add up to one, uh, one tablespoon of certain fats in your coffee. These include coconut oil, MCT oil, butter, ghee. Um, having whipping cream, half and half, whole milk, or just ground cinnamon for flavor. Interesting. And ghee butter, that's G-H-E-E, butter, is clarified butter with no lact- lactose. So that's another option. Yeah, and Sabna was telling me in in, in my Danish. culture, yeah, yeah. We make so much of it. And we were just talking about, like, you go to the store and it'll be, like, 10 bucks a jar. And I'm right. like... My mom, my grandma would like make this daily, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> now, now it's cool to to eat ghee right. butter. You know? Yeah, I grew up not wanting to eat it, and now it's like a thing, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> also, when you are in, during your fasting periods, you can curb appetite by drinking lots of water. You know, water is always good, uh, but eating grains of salt also can help you curb your appetite. But also drinking uh, pickle juice. Oh my god! And oh. it's recommended that you use a straw to avoid dental problems because you know pickle juice is very acid. Oh. It can damage your teeth. So use a straw to drink. Okay. I may not drink pickle juice, but I may drink tea. So let's talk about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can consume unlimited herbal teas during your fasting period. I know Donish and I are both tea connoisseurs, right, yeah. Donish? Yep. Um, yep. So teas can suppress your appetite, lower your blood sugar levels, and is otherwise beneficial. It provides you with positivity. Um, <laughs> Ooh, love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Bitter melon tea, black tea, cinnamon chai tea, and oolong tea specifically help lower your blood sugar levels. Peppermint tea and green tea suppress your appetite. And then peppermint specifically is used for um, if anybody has GI discomfort, such as gas and bloating. And it's good to remember that peppermint oil is good for IBS. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, I mean, some other things that you have to be aware of, um, and I think we kind of mentioned this or hinted at it before, is that some may experience lightheadedness during the few first few weeks of, or first few days of fasting periods. This is often caused by the dehydration and the decreased levels of electrolytes. Um, an easy remedy is a good homemade broth. Both vegetable and bone broth will work. Things you can include in your broth, any vegetables that grow above the ground, leafy greens, carrots, onions, although they are grown under the ground, but <laughs> yeah. that was definitely something I was surprised by. But bitter melon, animal meats or bone, mostly bones of any animal, Himalayan salts, any herbs or spices, and flax seeds. Now, it's best to avoid any vegetable purees um, and potatoes or yams, beets or turnips, um, or any store-bought broths, really. Ah, oh, potatoes would be so good in the broth, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I've tried um, those uh, store-bought broths, mm -hmm. and I don't know. I'm not a fan of broths. Yeah, but some people might find some comfort, you know, when you're fasting mm -hmm. and you have a cup of very, like, steaming hot mm -hmm. broth, you know, that can make you feel very satisfied even though you are not eating. You are still getting some nutrients, and you are not breaking your fast, basically. Mm -hmm. So, well, this is the end of this part of the fasting episodes. So we're hoping to have a second part, but this is the end of how to fast. Some people think fasting includes being hungry the whole day, but the hungry feeling goes away after about one hour. And physiologically, like you're not going to be hungry the whole day, that feeling goes away. And you can learn to recognize the cues from your body about hunger and satiety. So um, that's one of the benefits of fasting. So you can learn about your body even better. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, guys, for guys for being here. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now we conclude our episode number 99, Intermittent Fasting. This is not a complete guide to fasting, only a brief overview. Fasting has become a new nutritional trend with proven benefits. Remind your patients that one of the secrets of fasting is delay, don't deny, meaning they can delay eating a few hours and then enjoy what they like the most. Sapna Danish and Dr. Savelli also reminded us to eat with moderation after breaking our fast to maintain the benefits of fasting. Even without trying, every night you go to bed being a little wiser. This week we thank Hector Ariaza, Sapna Patel, Danish Khalid, and Dr. Valerie Savelli. Audio by Saraja Marutia. Thanks for listening to Rio Bravo Q Week podcast. If you have any feedback, contact us by email at RioBravoQWeek at clinicaservista.org or visit our website, RioBravoFMRP.org backslash Q Week. See you soon.